God uses my talents to test my unselfishness. Faithful people don't live for themselves because they realize that the talents God gave them are not for their own benefit, but they're to make the world a better place. When God made you, He gave you all kinds of gifts, talents, and abilities. There's nobody like you, nobody in the whole world, and He wants you to be you for His glory. God shaped you to serve Him, and there's only one way to do that, by serving other people. Faithful people realize that their talents are not for their benefit. You may, you may have a talent for art and say that you do it just because you love to do it. Well, that's nice, but that's not a good enough motive. God didn't give you an artistic ability just so you can love to do it. He gave it to you so that you can use your art in some way to help other people. Some of you have an ability to fix things. Some are very good in math. Some of you are good at closing deals. Some of you are good at music. Some of you are good at organizing. And some of you are good at trimming and gardening. Whatever it may be, that's your talent. It's a God-given gift. God made, made us all different so that everything in the world gets done. If we all like to do the same thing, then there would be a whole lot left undone. See, you are the steward of your own talents, and God is watching to see if you use what He gave you effectively here on earth. If you use them effectively on earth, He's gonna give you more responsibility in heaven. Have you ever thought about why God didn't create us and just take us to heaven? Why does he put us here on a broken planet for, I don't know, 80, 90, 100 years? Well, he put you here because life is a test and a trust and a temporary assignment. He's watching to see if you are faithful to use what he gave you here on earth to bless others. So if you open up the Bible, the first book of Peter 4.10, it says there, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. NLT. God gave you talents and he's watching to see if you're faithful with them. You know, the difference between faithful people and unfaithful people is unfaithful people give up at the very first sign of difficulty. Faithful people keep on keeping on. Faithful people are determined. Faithful people are diligent. Faithful people are persistent. Faithful people don't know how to quit. You know how a little acorn becomes an oak tree? An oak tree is just an acorn that refused to give up. 
So don't give up. I'm not smart. I'm not. But I do know one thing. It is always too soon to quit. And I don't know how to quit. I may say I get tired, but I don't quit. You are never a failure until you quit. And it's always too soon to quit. God uses tough times to test our persistence. If you are going through tough times right now, then open up the book of Corinthians, second book of Corinthians 4, 15 through 17. God is more interested in what you're becoming than what's happening to you. He often allows trials, troubles, tribulations, and problems in your life to teach you diligence, determination, and character. The problem you're going through right now, it's a test of your faithfulness. Will you continue to serve God even when life stinks? Faithful people are generous when they don't have anything to give. Anybody can be generous when they have a surplus. I can be generous with my time when I've got a lot of extra time, even when I don't have time. I can be generous with money when I've got a lot of extra money, even when I don't have money. I can be generous with my energy when I've got extra energy to spend, even if I don't have energy. It's when I don't have enough time for me, I don't have enough energy for me, I don't have enough money for me, I don't have enough talent for me that God says. This is a test. I'm watching to see if you are faithful. Will you be faithful and will you trust me? Want to know the five principles in which God will test you and then bless you? 1. God gives to generous people. Why does God want me to be generous? Well, because He wants me to be like Him. 2. Obeying God's vision will bring God's provision. If you do what God tells you to do, God will bring along the resources you need at the right time. What He's given you, the vision for, He will give you the provision for. 3. When I do all that God tells me to do, He does what I can't do. God often asks, Do the impossible. Stretch your faith. When you give what little you have, God multiplies it and makes up for it. 4. When I have a need, I sow the seed. Whatever you need in life, Sow that as a seed, and it will come back to you. 5. There's always a delay between sowing and reaping. There is a season between planting and harvesting. What's going on in the time delay? It's a test of your faith. Will you be faithful to give when you have little? Will you keep on doing the right thing? 
will you do what God wants you to do, no matter the cost, and then see what God does? If you pull out the Bible, open up to Luke 16 NIV. It says there, verse 11, So, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? go through a time when our life seems to be falling apart. We lose our job, a relationship falls apart, someone dies, our health takes a turn for the worse. In those times, we're tempted to think God has abandoned us. No, He hasn't. He has not. Your worries, your troubles, tell it to the Lord. The ancient prophet Jeremiah He was in the same boat when he wrote the book of Lamentations. His country, Judah, endured an economic tailspin and was terrorized by a foreign enemy. He witnessed incredible inhumanities committed against his people. People were out of work and they were starving to death. Where did Jeremiah start? He told God. He told God exactly how he felt. If you open up the Bible in Lamentation 3, he says, Jeremiah says, God, God has made my skin and flesh grow old. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and surrounded me with anguish and distress. He has buried me in a dark place like those long dead and though I cry and shout he has shut out my prayers NLT does it surprise you that these words are in the Bible Jeremiah too he felt God has forgotten him but Jeremiah didn't ignore what he was feeling He didn't sugarcoat the situation. He told God what was on his heart. In fact, Jeremiah spent five chapters telling God what he thought about the situation. And he told God, This stinks. Why would God put that kind of passage in the Bible? Well, because he wants you to know that he can handle your anger, your grief. Jeremiah spends an entire book of the Bible blowing off steam. If God was big enough to handle Jeremiah's pain, he is big enough to handle yours too. Swallow your emotions and just don't hurt yourself. Your stomach will keep the score. Instead, unload them on God. Unload everything to God. God doesn't love you any less when you throw a temper tantrum. He doesn't owe you an explanation, but he is never afraid of what you have to say. So tell him. Tell him because 
it'll be the beginning of your healing. In Lamentations 3 NIV verse 4 through 6, it states there, He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. That's Jeremiah's message to God. He's blowing off steam. He's talking to God. He's healing at the same time. How about you start healing too? Talk to God. When life seems to be falling apart, your most spiritual decision may be a surprise. Get a long time with God. And then wait. The Bible tells us this in Lamentation 3.21. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble take it full face the worst is never the worst you see most of us don't know how to enter the silence we're always anxious we don't like to wait on God because it stresses us out we like to be in control does it work though does it work for you do you get your answers I think not What does it mean to wait on God? You sit down, you close your mouth, and just listen to God. You may read your Bible, you may pray, but most of all, you're quiet in front of God. Anxiety comes when we're not waiting for hope to appear. Jeremiah said that. God wants to talk to us. He wants to give us hope that we crave, but we're way too busy. All of our circuits are busy. When he calls, we're on a different line. If we want to listen to God and experience the hope he has for us, we have to get alone time with him. We must enter the silence and be ready to hear him. Open up the Bible. Go to Matthew 6, 6. Get honest with God and focus will shift from just seeing your problems, no matter how overwhelming they seem, to the grace of God. Before you go out and try to solve your problem on your own, let God save you. It's like in those war movies when the enemy is marching toward the hero's army. That's usually an inferior ragtag group. The hero tells his men to wait until he gives the order to shoot. Then at the last possible moment, he yells, SHOOT! Firing at the right moment means success. The same is true for us. No matter what obstacle you're facing, you've got to wait for God's timing. He'll time your next move perfectly. So just wait. 
wait and listen. Just listen. Have a great day.